Carlton faithful gathered on mass last night at Marvel, and that crowd dirtied up like you rarely see. There was a mass exodus at three-quarter time, and the unrest from those that stayed was raw. So it feels like there's anger in the Carlton community, and that's a challenge. The negative momentum of last night into these stretch of games that define their worth, and then holding the whole Blues community together what looks like a sellout crowd next Saturday night against the Bulldogs. They are very much front of mind on crunch time. For the Berwick Motor Group, visit Berwick GWM Havel and Test Drive, the GWM Canon CC, part of the Berwick Motor Group and Ozito, powering DIYers all day, every day at Bunnings. Jared Waitley with you down at Geelong. It's going to be a wintry afternoon, that's for sure. Uh, our, our category today is Hawthorne Premiership champions. Luke Hodge, welcome. Morning, Jared. I, uh, it is. It looks like a cold day out here. I'm looking forward to getting on the plane back back to sunny Brisbane. But <laughs> look, last night there was both teams had uh, a point to prove. I think the Lions needed to, to prove to everyone or even prove to himself that, that they can win away from the Gabba. Uh, and, the, and Carlton needed to, I guess, convince himself that they could handle the pressure of a top four team. But I guess we found out that one team handled the pressure and the other team as you said, by their supporters, showed early that when the pressure, when the pressure and the intensity lifted, that they fell a little bit short. Dermot Burton, welcome down. Good morning, Jared. Good morning to. Well, you haven't been introduced yet, Sammy, but Lucas, how are we? Um, saw a bloke do something last night. Very, very few players dare to attempt, and that is most blokes don't try. They look at Patrick Cripps and they say, "Too big, don't engage him. You'll brush me aside." I must play off him a little bit. When he gets the ball, I'm ready to tackle. I'm ready to hound him. Otherwise, I'll go and win the ball in the in the reverse direction. Dunkley last night said, no. Before the ball is just about to be thrown up, thrown in or bounced down, he willfully engaged the massive body that is Patrick Cripps. And that is something Cripps is probably not used to and hasn't felt that kind of power in a torso, leaning into him, smashing into him at the bounce. So it was a different way of playing him. And I don't know whether we'll say it's the blueprint because not everybody has an Andrew Dunkley. Not everybody has a 95-kilo midfielder who's powerful and ready to engage Patrick Cripps. But if there is such a thing as a blueprint at the stoppage... That takes away Cripps' ability to win, take three or four paces and bust a tackle and drive the ball downfield. I thought that was Dunkley's, for all the stats he had last night, I thought Dunkley's first contact at the stoppage was his biggest gift to the team and going towards their win. Yeah, the couple of players in the votes, Josh Dunkley was best on ground, so he's the addition. And, and Jack Payne speaks of the improvement from within the group. And uh, and he was in our best three at the end of the night as well. Sam Edmonds rounds out our quartet. Hello to you, Sam. Hello, Jared. Hello, Hodgie. Sammy. Hello, Derm. Now been, now been introduced. <laughs> uh, good to be with you all. Uh, looking forward to the morning. I'll tell you what, Jared, for mine, just watching it last night, the Carlton... The Carlton ball movement specifically is the most fascinating case study, I reckon, in footy just about at the moment. Not bold enough, too bold, second-guessing. Where they're at coming out of their back half is oh so fascinating right now. So at three-quarter time, Hodgie and Derm, uh, the Lions had their three whiteboards up and they were facing the commentary box. So put the binoculars on their key measures. So they had six different categories that they were charting each quarter for, plus or minus head-to-head. 
And the, the standout third quarter stat was metres gained plus 607. They had plus 607 metres on Carlton in the third quarter. Well, the Blues lined up their, their oversupply of halfbacks across the ground and were determined to play the Little League way. The Lions just took them, and they took them for 5-2 to 2 behinds. It was I've really never seen a number at a huddle quite like it. And I think that's the mindset behind when you do play against Carlton because they are such a big, bulky midfield led by Cripps that there's no point handballing the ball around to get a clearance. It's put it on your boot, get it going forward. And when you've got a forward line with Danaher, Hitwood, Gunston, Charlie Cameron, uh, why would you why would you mess around with the middle? Get it forward, take some meterage, and get into your forward line. And as, as you said, it was a 5-2 to two points, and all the play was dominated in the Lions forward half. And this is a team also that was... At the end of the day, playing into that, Jared, minus 57. The winning team was minus 57 for disposals. Mm. So it speaks to the fact that they just took ground. They get it away from that Cripps-led midfield. So it renders them, well, not useless, but it takes away their strength, the bigger bodies at, at the uh, fall, of, fall of the ball. Jared, this is one for the two guys alongside me. But I look at Carlton, I think they really struggle. They won contest, I think, again last night. And they win it most weeks. But they can't take Plus it. Plus 25. Yeah. So they really struggle, though, to take it from the inside where they win it to the outside to do damage. That, that to me, is exhibit A for their problems at the moment. Um, the movement and run is subpar. The, the defensive rebound appears to be sad or bust. And Brisbane all over it last night, locking down the exits. And they just squeezed and squeezed and squeezed until the air went out of the balloon in the end in the third quarter. Can, can I just jump in on that? My takeaway from this last night, when the gap was being made, and let's let's be honest, second and third quarters, but I thought that even though it was only 10 points, I think, at halftime, I thought the gap was in the second quarter. That's when they gapped them mm. because they kicked, what was They didn't seven, put on the seven? ball, though, did they? No, but yep. they gapped them then. Mm. So you've got a forward line for Brisbane that the pressure was wild. It was insane. They kept getting repeat entries. So it was all about getting the ball into the forward line. Carlton, they were all right when the ball was in dispute in their forward line. But the pressure when Brisbane had the ball, i.e. from a kick in or a static kick in the back pocket, they walked it up the Mm. field. And Brisbane, I won't say were powerless, they couldn't stop the Lions' chip kick, chip kick, hit the target, they play almost like their zone played off them too far and Brisbane were then able to, at their speed, under control, get the ball into the forward half and then it became their pressure game. So on one side, Carlton couldn't do that out of their back line and Brisbane could. I think going back to what you said was Carlton looked a lot better in that first quarter because they were able to take intercept marks. They had nine intercept marks in the first quarter. Yep. It was a clear instruction from the Brisbane Lion coaching staff to bring the ball to ground. Jed Adcock is the forward coach down there. That would have been the first instruction because after that, they had 11 for the rest of the game and it just took away their run. As you said, it's either start or nothing with the rebound. As soon as they got that composed intercept mark, that's where they could take a breath and then move the ball up the field. As soon as the Hipwoods and the Danahers brought the ball to ground, it brought in Charlie Cameron and they just looked so much more dangerous and that means there was a live ball in their back end and they just don't have the ball users to hit certain kicks that the Lions were able to do coming out of their back end. So let's delve deep on Carlton. We're going to talk more of the Lions shortly, but Michael Voss spoke about you couldn't ask for more effort, Mm. so that's not it, which means it's the mechanics of their game. So how how deep are Carlton's concerns right now? 
Well, well for me, the, the main one was that backline aspect. Brisbane walked the ball out of their backline, literally walked the ball with uncontested marks. In that time when I thought it was the only 10 points, uh, the lead at halftime, I thought the play style was the difference in the team. They walked it out. And Carlton's mechanism of holding the ball in when the opposition has the ball in a static play, I thought you should control the uh, the opposition and force them to kick long down the line. They didn't. They picked their way through it. My, uh, my thoughts with Carlton is when they're on top or when they're in the game, there's no problems. It's when the other team gets a run on, who stands up for them? Because if you look, whenever there's a team that has either has big pressure sides, like Adelaide, what they did to Carlton, no one stood up for them. No one could. We always look at Patrick Cripps, but who else is going to help him? The St Kilda one, as soon as that intensity, that pressure stepped up, Last week was West Coast. Lost by 100. They've hardly got a team to yep. to put in. But then you look at Brisbane. Brisbane were, as far as pressure-wise, as good as I've seen them pressure this year. So as soon as as soon as soon that, I guess, intensity, defensive intensity jumps, Carlton seem like they can't handle that, that pressure and, and players go to water. So what style of player do you think they're missing if you say somebody needs to stand up? They've got a bloke in the forward line. Jack Payne played fantastic, but Charlie Kernow, I think, still acquitted himself pretty well, still ran at the ball, still took a few grabs. What style of player? Because they've got Wiedering in the back line who organises everything, is a wonderful player. Kernow up the front and also Mackay. What style of player do they well, need? The person who came in and helped Cripps last year was Hewitt. Hewitt came in and had a real – he led their con, con, uh, contested possession and clearances until he got injured – late last year. So he was the one who balanced it around with, with Cripps. But we'll touch a little bit on it. But the, the forward structure, if you're on Kerno on Payne, a 35-year-old, why do you keep him deep? He's so good at having the game in, in front of him. He had body contact. Put Kerno up the ground. We know he's an athlete. Lose Payne, and that means you get a different side in front of the football. I didn't think they changed enough centre forward to try and give the mids a different look or to make Payne play so out of position. To, by doing that then, you're breaking what you did last week because he was so good. And I know the, the opposition was meagre at best, but you got a bloke who's kicked nine close to goal and you're then saying, let's take you up the field. That same bloke had one kick and a half of football. Their supporters left during the third quarter mm. because from quarters two and three, it was seven goals six to one goal four because they played that structure they played last week against a team who have 25 people to pick from. Yeah. Against the Lions, when you've got a young person, make it make him look different. If he's looking as comfortable as what he is against Kurnow, put him up the ground. Mackay's a Coleman medalist. Put him down on Harris Andrews. Let's see how Harris Andrews' agility is. 1v1 in the Ford 50 against Mackay, who's agile for a bloke who's six foot five. I, I just thought if you're trying to do the same thing against a team who's clearly got it over you, and the defender is playing a pretty good job on a person who's king mm. nine last week, as you said. You, you can so change it So you're saying up. move it on the, on the run move rather it up. than make, make, that's your structure. Because yeah. we, we look at Jack Payne and we're saying how good has he been this year and he really took steps. The longest streak that he'd played before this year was five games. Even last year he was in for three, had a break. In for four, had a break. In for five. This year he's played all eight. So he's starting to get a little bit of confidence. You take him away from where he normally plays and put him up at centre-half back. Next thing... The game's behind him. Kerno might swing around. He's not watching the ball. It just puts that little bit of doubt. And then it gives it the strength of mm. Kerno, who's an athletic piece who I'd hate to play on him because of what he can do. You've now got – he can lead up, he can lead back, he can lead left and right, right rather than just leading up at the ball. So, well, Sammy, yeah. you, we, I made mention – I'm more you, the you other end of it was, You said it was Hewitt, the type of player they need. Do they need to go on a recruiting drive and find – 
that type of player that is primed, ready to go? Because they're not far off. I don't think they were that far off last night. As horrible as the loss was, I think a few things tweak in their defensive, the way they defend yeah. the outcoming ball. I think that game can have a different complexion. Well, they, their contest work is good. We referenced that earlier. In fact, talking about the second quarter, which is being replayed at the moment, Michael Voss spent a fair bit of time, Jared, last night talking about it was their fight and their grit and their want that kept them in the game in the second quarter. Yes, Brisbane missed some chances, but he spoke a lot about last night the back of centre ball movement, the pressure that he's put on his team to keep executing when you're playing a top four team. And then the players forcing the issue when it's not working working out, the straying from their roles, the pressure points that get applied that they couldn't handle. He said, good teams demand more from you to execute, and we didn't execute. But, you know, for me, like listening to uh, Jack Payne, I think, what did he say last night? Something about pounding the rock. They know it's about constantly pounding the rock, Hodgie, is that, that Carlton can't sustain the fight for long enough when it comes to that bold ball movement for mine. Now, as I said, start or bust. I reckon clubs are all over it. So Zach Williams injured um, pre-season, a vital runner out of that back half. For mine, they've got no problem winning the contest. It's getting it to the outside and making a difference on the outside. And, and Saad did try and change things up. In that third quarter, he realised, if I keep going down the line, this is what's going to happen. So he's tried to pull a few kicks inside. Turnovers. The yeah. they'll, they'll, turn, they'll turn overs, but he was trying to do something different. Mm. But the, the Lions forward structure and their, their zone was ready for it. Like they, there was no way that ball was going to go through that short 45 or through the corridor because that's they saw last week about what West Coast. West Coast gave Carlton the corridor, which meant Kerner could do whatever he wanted. No one was going to stop him. If you could block off that kick through the corridor and then you kick it long down to blokes, it's a 50-50 battle. That's what the Lions focused on, and that's where Carlton, as you said, fell short with only having one person who's capable of using those kicks. Just on, on a an individual's note, when Saad did try and do that in the third quarter, He'd run, and most left footers in the back line players put, back put their put their kicking leg to the boundary. They run that side, and then it's all about kicking back to what's still. If even if you hook it back into the middle, it's still seriously populated. I was disappointed that they didn't just go reverse, go out the other side, and get Sard out the other side and go out at express pace by foot speed. That changes things, whereas I think I think they tried to... Uh, it, was, it wasn't a terribly um, eloquent display of, tr- uh, of trying to change things. They tried to play within what Brisbane gave them. They still tried to centre mm. the ball by Sard, but pierce within the zone. I don't, and they I don't, were close enough to shut it down. I don't think you can overstate either, Jerry, the decision and Hodgie to, to sub out a player like Louis Young, who might have been probably their best defender on the night. And they've subbed him out to bring Matt Kennedy in. So that, to me, says, right, we're, we're too top-heavy. We're lacking run out of the back half. We don't need to play as tall as we are. I thought that – and Louis Young not injured, by the way. Checked in with the club there. There's no issues. That was purely a tactical uh, withdrawal. Yeah, well, the thing – Brisbane's forwards, they might they might be six foot five and six foot six, but they play like flankers. Mm. Rainer mm. pro- probably plays the closest thing to a key position player. Jack Gunston plays more like a key position player than than Hipwood and Dunn. I mean, on a, on a night when they've won by four goals and they pretty easily accounted for Carlton in the end, Hipwood and Dunn, who took one contested mark between, you don't really – you need one stopper. And if you've got two stoppers, they kind of both – Weedering and, and um, Young kind of take intercept marks – they're not known intercept markers, though. They're great spoilers. And Lewis can probably mark a little, little bit better than, than Jacob. But you just don't need two stoppers in your back line. 
you needed creativity and somebody who can. I think the boy Kemp shows a little mm, bit. Right. Um, yeah, but you've you've got Newman's. You're kicking. You're dis- distributed by foot, and Sard's the speed. You probably need another rounded player down there that can do both a bit. Is, is this where Welsh can add to his game? I know he's so crucial for the midfield because he's that overlap runner that they need because they've got such big fellas through the middle. To him, For him to add to his game and to add to Carlton, does he have to learn how to play half-back? So if they go through stages like they did in round one against Richmond, they kept going long down the line, and they did at times last night, that he can jump down there. So at least that way you're going to get run off the half-back line. You've got a person who's a good kick, and at least it's not obvious about what side they're going to go. It's not going left side to Sard. You've got Welsh down there who can change it up. The thing with... You've got your attacking defenders who are good on attacking but light on defending... But if you've got a... <laughs> there's, a there's always a strength and a weakness. <laughs> yes, yes. I think they lack another attacking no, defender. Yeah, which was Zach yeah. Williams, who all reports yeah. was absolutely flying in the preseason, Jerry, but obviously out for the season with that with that name. But this has been one of Carlton's problems through all of these years, is they are hostage to mm. who's present. They're yeah. hostage to absenteeism. Not and method. you actually yeah. have to build a system that insulates you from that. Yeah. And there are numerous teams who do. So much of this conversation feels like it's around... A developing team, they're not. We can't be measuring Carlton as a developing team. They had to be ready this year to become a top-flight team for the agony, the agony of this build. You can't have to wait for 22 rolled gold pieces, Dermot, to finally be a successful team. Absolutely. And I even take it a touch further. Carlton were, and take this with a grain of salt, either way you want, for so long they were so bad. And it was as if each year at trade time, anyone that came up that was better than anyone they had inside their best 18, Carlton went for. We've got to get better. We just have to get better. Jack Martin comes up. Did they really need him specifically for the future? No. Did they pay good dollars for him? Yep. Because he was better than what they already had. Whereas I would have preferred them to say no. We identify we need a player to neatly fit into position X, Y, and Z. That's the player we want, and he'll be ready to to fire for us in three years' time. Instead of going for next best, who's available and is better than what we're putting out on the park while we're at a fairly low watermark. Are we speaking about Carl like this because our expectation jumped too high for him? Because they're going for a team that hasn't played finals for a while. Last year... Well, they got the in, two in, best key forwards. In, I, I understand Just that. About, but, but, but last, and they're teams. at least five years overdue, Hodges. I understand you that. You can't but wait forever. But you look at team, you need to make finals and to make top four. You need to be calm under pressure. We proved, They proved last year, late in the season, where they still had to learn that area to win games when you need to win games. And a lot of those blokes didn't know what to do when the pressure was on. Earlier this year against Richmond, they should not have drew that game. But... They, they still had that panic. So I'm sitting here going, are our expectations, the fact that they can meet a top four team, are they too high? Because they're going through their development. Yes, we're going through. They've got good names. And, and when they play against West Coast, you're going to win by 100 points and Kerno's going to kick nine. But are, are we sitting there going, Brisbane Lions is a hard-fought team. They've been top four the last four years. And they've found out the hard way that they weren't ready to win finals for a number of years. Are our expectations for Carlton, are they too high? Because I know a lot of the Carlton supporters who left during the third quarter last year are probably sitting there going, maybe we're not as good or we're not ready for the contest as we thought we were at the start of the year. They're, they're a weird breed, the Carlton supporters. For some weird 
reason I've got dozens of Carlton supporters and it, it only takes one quarter for them to get down on their team. I, I mean, <laughs> most most well, supporters I'm, hang in there for the you're long You're talking off. three decades of frustration <laughs> and the threshold is low. Sam, you can imagine what oh. snap judgments or midday madness oh. would be like today if this was a weekday. So how how do you how significant do you think the challenge is to hold the whole community together in this stretch of game? So it's Brisbane Bulldogs, Collingwood, mm. Sydney, Melbourne, and then Essendon. And you like to be the team they want to be, you were looking at sort of four two, maybe three three keeps them in it, but anything worse than that. And and I don't know whether they they are ever going to make finals. Play them now. Play those hard ones now. Get a real, a real assertion on where you sit and how good your well, boys are. And if you win a few, you tweak a couple of things, and you win a few. Well, you're ready to launch. This is how emotional the Carlton supporters are. I got a text from a couple. I was in. I may have sent out a little bit of a cheeky text this morning to them, just reminding them about the next yeah. stage. And um, had enough of them. Uh, they're a bunch of pretenders. It's time to offload Big Harry and oh. TDK. Get pick uh, to the Eagles for pick one. Go for Harley Reid, and then we rebuild again. Oh, that, be, that, that beats mine. That beats mine. I've got a couple of Vosses clueless. Uh, it's over. But, I mean, the question was put to Michael Voss last night, Jared, around the booing and the fans leaving as early as we've ever seen. And It's something of the big club tax, isn't it? So when it's rolling... It's better than anything, and when it's not, it's worse than anything. The big club tax, if you like. And he said, I'd rather have our support. Well, of course, he's going to say this, but I'd rather have that passion, their right to demand and, and set the bar high, and we, we, we can't live up to it at the moment. We've got work to do. We've got to get at it, as he says. All right, this is our Friday night wrap for the Stack Team app. Stay ahead of the game with your own team management app. Download Stack Team app today. Carlton. The crossroads. The Lions are definitely in premiership contention on what we saw last night. More with Luke Hodge and Dermot Burton on Crunch Time next.